0: Poso maw ni work wawanin kitani ni more a yoski pia taiya pos notoman a yum MITW podcast Ayospis Piertai Posnapi Notomun and a hisekimak
1: eyosomatname nehokihi. Welcome to the Nominee Indian Tribal of Wisconsin podcast. We are your hosts, Gary Dodge.
2: And Sheena Mapus. On this episode, we are joined by guest Vaughn Bowles, Public Information Officer for the Nominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin. I would like to remind people we request that you send in your COVID-19 related questions to us at podcast.mitw.org. Welcome, Vaughn.
0: Thanks, guys.
2: So... Um, Speaking of sending in questions, all of these questions that we're covering today were sent into to us from a listener. So um, they're quite extensive and they're all revolving around the vaccine, vaccines, I should say. Um, so Vaughn, the first question was, um, which vaccines have been peer reviewed by a medical journal?
0: So right now, I, I haven't seen any of the vaccines reviewed in medical journals yet. Uh, That said, the vaccines and their formulas and the science that they're based on has been extensively reviewed by um, professional scientists and medical professionals um, working for the Food and Drug Administration of the FDA um, prior to receiving any sort of emergency use authorization. Um, These are also known as uh, EUA's. So it's not like these vaccines are being released without any sort of oversight. Um, they're just being reviewed by a different group of professionals.
2: Okay and then the second question is <clears throat> if you've suffered damages as a result of manufacturers vaccines does your claim go through a special court with no discovery or depositions?
0: So there's not a special court up. Uh, what there is right now is there's something called the Countermeasures Injury Compensation Program uh, that the federal government runs, um, and it helps uh, pay for defer costs um, for medical care for anyone that may experience any sort of symptoms um, or serious reactions uh, related to receiving the vaccines. Uh, claims are you know need to be submitted to the CIPC or sorry CICP. Uh, within a year of receiving the vaccine um, and we can we can list the link to contact uh, the CICP uh, in the show notes and also give them their phone number so if anyone is worried about having reactions um, and you know being deprived of of legal recourse there are uh, there are ways to help uh, through those situations
2: Okay, and then, um, since mRNA is an untested format of vaccine, is it safe?
0: This is a really good question. Uh, Dr. Schlegel addressed this actually in a public service announcement, I believe this last week, and one of the things that she talked about was how the mRNA technology, uh, it's not untested. Uh, The technology has been around for about 15 to 16 years now. Uh, this is just the first time we've had the equipment to be able to deploy it within a vaccine. Um, so, yes, it's safe uh, when people take precautions. Uh, that said, right now, because the studies haven't had a, a fourth-phase long-term study, uh, they're recommending that uh, no individuals under the age of 16 take it. Um, and they also uh, recommend that individuals that are you know, um, planning to be pregnant pregnant or breastfeeding, um, refrain from taking it. Um, they also uh, strongly recommend that individuals consult with their doctors beforehand if they have um, allergies, any sort of hay fever or bleeding disorders, uh, or are using blood thinners, maybe immunocompromised, um, and have received any other COVID-19 vaccine. They really don't want those two being mixed um, because they're not sure of what the results would be or if it'd create any sort of immunity. Um, Also, if you've had any sort of reactions to any of the ingredients in uh, this vaccine or other vaccines, that's something you should definitely let your doctor know about. Um, If you wanna know what's in the vaccine as far as um, salient ingredients, we can also post that in our show notes today. Uh, there's a PDF that explains what's in the the Pfizer uh, BioNTech uh, vaccine that's that's been approved for emergency use. Uh, and so you can definitely talk with healthcare professionals and stuff about it if you feel it's safe for you to take it on.
2: OK, um, is the mRNA vaccine mechanism telling your body to generate viral particles?
0: Short answer is no uh the mrna in the in the vaccine itself uh just code for the spike particles of the vax or of the virus um and they've mapped out the entire gene sequence for the the covid19 virus and so they 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 know which ones are just for the spike protein um so, no, it's, it's not going to generate an entire virus in your body. Uh, that's, that's what happens when it gets infected. Um, this is essentially a, a truncated or shortened version of that material, and so you don't get an entire virus generated in your body, just those little proteins that, are, that can be picked up by your immune system.
2: Um, is mRNA linked to cancer-causing changes leading to uncontrolled cell division?
0: this is highly unlikely and and here's why so mrna uh is is naturally generated by all living things um what happens in our cellular machinery is that our dna is 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 copied uh in the nucleus of the cell and it sends out mrna into the cytoplasm um, where it's picked up by um, various sorts of cellular machinery um in this case they're they're uh ribosomes um then um, these mRNA are are read and um, you know copied over into into proteins. Um, that said, this mRNA isn't traveling into the nucleus where the DNA is is stored. That's where all the information for cellular division occurs, uh, and so it's really unlikely that if you receive this mRNA, um, you know it'll it'll do any sort of rearranging of of genes or information within the nucleus or your DNA so it probably will not cause um, uncontrolled cellular division. Um, That said you know they're still working on their long-term trials and so they're going to observe more and find out you know what some of the potential uh, ramifications of using this uh, type of vaccine is.
2: And what about causing mutation of prionic proteins?
0: Uh, Prionic proteins, um, you know, do cause a lot of problems. This is also pretty unlikely since there are various forms of chaperoning proteins that prevent um, misfolds of newly uh, uh, transcribed proteins, um, or sorry, translated proteins. Uh, So it's very unlikely that these will generate prions within the body.
2: Is mRNA inducing spike protein expression in off-target cells such as nerves, um, for example, spinal cord, face, arms, etc.?
0: Uh, no, the the injection is given intramuscularly, um, and so there's no uh, there's no protein or sequence that codes for the mRNA from the vaccine be exported or transported to any other type of cell so it's it's very unlikely that this will um, find its way through the body uh, to the nervous system at all um, and another thing about mRNA is it's incredibly delicate um, and so it may not even stay within the muscles that it's injected into for a long period of time um, once transcribed uh, mRNA degrades fairly rapidly. And so this is something most people shouldn't worry about.
2: What happens if you're injected with an mRNA vaccine that has been improperly diluted, not kept at proper temperature, or left out beyond the recommended time?
0: Not much will happen, actually. It's kind of like we just talked about. Because of the fragility of mRNA, if it's left out or, you know, um, its temperature increases to a specific level, uh, the sequence just breaks down. Um, similarly, if it's diluted um, beyond what it should, there's not enough concentrate, it just breaks down again, and you know it really won't affect the body much. Um, so you wouldn't be able to achieve any sort of immunity either. So that is one of the the issues is you won't gain that immunity, but it probably won't harm you either.
1: Why is the standard vaccine type the one used for over a 100 years of injecting replication deficient virus uh, where little to no viral uh, particles are generated, not considered such as the adenosine vaccine or the Sputnik V? So
0: what Gary is talking about or what this individual is, is asking is why we didn't use attenuated viruses for uh, the COVID-19 vaccine. There are various groups that are, are working with attenuated viruses, which are viruses that have usually been heat treated and um, degraded to the point where they don't cause um, viral replication. Um, however, uh, that is just, it's just not the technology that, that Pfizer decided to use for this. Um, and it's it's a good tried and true type of technology. Um, they've just found that uh, the mRNA uh, application and approach is a lot more um, effective than the attenuated viruses. Um, if you're getting say a flu shot, um, that usually only has you know between a forty to sixty percent effective rate, um, and it uses attenuated viruses. Um, they're finding that the mRNA sequences is, is much more effective and reaches levels of between ninety and ninety-five percent effectiveness at, at generating immunity. And so that's part of the reason they went with that. Um, it's just a progression of science and technology, uh, and if you can find something that helps, you know, save more lives and is more effective, you know, it makes sense to use that. Um, referring to the Sputnik vaccine, that was that was the Russian created vaccine for COVID nineteen. Um, and that, that specific virus, from, from what I've read, had a, a very small patient pool that tested it out. It was only approximately 30 individuals before it was, it was taken into production. And they've actually recalled that from a lot of production facilities because they're finding there are people that are having uh, a lot more reactions to um, that Sputnik V uh, compared to the Pfizer vaccine. The Pfizer uh, BioNTech vaccine... Um, went through a phase three trial, uh, had, I believe it was 20,000 individuals that participated in that study to make sure that there, there weren't reactions, um, long or short term. Uh, and so they've, they've decided, or they've, they've found that it's, uh, a significantly safer option than, than say the Sputnik, uh, vaccine.
1: All right. Uh, can tribes or tribal nations exercise sovereignty in the bidding and purchase of international standard type vaccine candidates without political or legal blowback.
0: So from what I understand, technically tribes could assert their rights as a sovereign nation to purchase vaccines um, internationally. Um, I know the Menominee tribe has decided to waive that right and they're actually purchasing uh, and distributing vaccines uh, in conjunction with the state of Wisconsin, but there are maybe other tribes that decide to Um, shop internationally, um, or they, I know the majority of tribes here in Wisconsin are are working with um, IHS to, you know, receive and distribute the vaccine. But I guess that is an option out there if they'd like to take it.
1: Since the Australian COVID Pfizer vaccine has been abandoned due to people testing positive for HIV, is SARS-CoV-2 slash COVID-19 similar to HIV?
0: You know, from what I understand, um, COVID-19 isn't similar to HIV, and um, you know, wasn't used in any sort of re- the vaccines weren't reverse engineered from HIV to come up with this type of technology. Um, there are, are significant differences between COVID and HIV, um, and the tests uh, on the with the Australian market, um, it. From what I understand, individuals didn't receive or didn't contract HIV from receiving the virus. Um, it may have been undetected previously and uh, prior to screenings and receiving the vaccine. So um, I don't know all the specifics with the Australian Pfizer version, um, but it uh, it doesn't cause HIV. It wasn't reverse engineered from HIV. So I don't want people thinking it's it's unsafe or, or will cause, um, you know, those medical issues if they receive a virus.
1: Does it block proteins required by the body during pregnancy or conception?
0: So they're not totally sure yet if it blocks specific proteins required for pregnancy. Um, and that's part of the reason why they're recommending that you know, pregnant women don't get the vaccine. Um, they don't know if it will also cause any sort of birth defects. And so you know, individuals that are planning to be pregnant, are pregnant or breastfeeding, um, have been asked to uh, not receive the vaccine. Or if they do, um, you know, talk to a medical f- professional beforehand and have you know, lengthy discussion with them about the safety issues surrounding that.
1: Is it possible that women who receive the vaccine will become infertile?
0: You know, that's always a possibility. Um, As the phase four trials continue, uh, we'll know more about that. And so we'll observe for the next 12 to 24 months to see if if that is an issue that comes up.
1: Well, I ran in for listening to the Menominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can also listen to the podcast on menominee-nsn.gov under the community tab. Keep up to date by following us on Facebook at MITW Podcast. We do weekly updates with Vaughn and welcome any community questions you have regarding COVID-19. Please send them in to us via email at podcast.mitw.org.